Welcome to the Beyond Belief podcast. We're glad you decided to listen to us today. We have designed this podcast to have a practical conversation about Christianity. Our goal is to make this show relatable, realistic, and relative. We will bring you the gospel of Jesus Christ so you can apply it practically to your life. We hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome to the show. It's the Beyond Belief podcast. This is your host, Bill, and I'm joined by Alan, buddy. What's happening, buddy? <laughs> you are still, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I hope you're late to your own funeral. Me too. Uh, yeah. Anyways, today we're kicking it off. Uh, we have a guest, Tina. Tina, good morning. How are you? Doing well. It's good to be here with you both. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We, like I said, we had, we talked previously before we hit record and we actually end up talking for, I don't know, a couple of minutes ahead of time. Uh, so I would like to, uh, there's a lot I want to hear because I ended up following you uh, after I followed somebody else on social media, actually two other people, and somehow I got connected with your account and saw the stuff that uh, you were doing in social media. And and I have to admit, I really, I'm very cautious about who I attached to on social media Mm -hmm. because I don't want to get, uh, I don't want to get involved with somebody that will, uh, jeopardize my testimony. And so anyways, I followed you and started reading your devotions. My wife started reading your devotions and, uh, it was just really good, godly content and God is using you in amazing ways. And Alan and I both decided, uh, we would like to have you come on and talk about a lot of stuff. So, Uh, anyways, well, I, do you want to give your background and I'll stop talking? Okay. Well, first of all, I want to say, I appreciate, um, what you said, because I really hope to always speak from a biblical perspective and God's word and based on truth, not just what I think. So I appreciate that. Yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> and sure. I'll go into a bit of my story. I didn't really grow up going to church. It was kind of the Easter Christmas thing and it never really stuck. I had friends in high school who were big church people and I would go with them and I would honestly admire them and wish I could be more like them, but it always felt this disconnect that it wasn't for me or I wasn't good enough for it. And I would try to read my Bible and then it would get frustrating because I didn't understand it and I would give up and be like, Oh, this, this isn't for me. And so walked away in college. I went through a season where I really struggled with my identity, my worth. Um, and even got to the point where I had suicidal thoughts and tendencies and got involved with heavy drinking, partying, all of all of that type of college atmosphere and just inappropriate relationships, the whole, like the whole, everything that people tend to think of with college. And it got to the point where it just left me buried in shame and self-hatred. And eventually when I got to my last semester, I was uh, studying to become a teacher and had my student teaching. And so I had to stop all the partying and things and realized I felt better, but something was still missing. And after I graduated, a friend was adamant to have me meet this guy who was a friend of hers. And I was like, no, I don't do relationships. It's not for me. 
and we met, we got along, we started dating and I was his first girlfriend. He was a very strong believer. And I thought for sure when he knew my past, he would push me away. And so having a barrier, I decided, well, I'm just going to push him away first. So I told it, told him my past defensively and he responded, that's not how God sees you. So that's not how I'm going to see you either. Wow. Come to church with me. He is now my husband. Yeah, I was going to say, what <laughs> and, are you doing with that? Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and so we started going to mm. church together and it still took about a year for me to believe the gospel for myself and that I was loved enough for Christ to die for my sins and that I did not have to live under that shame and self-hatred anymore. And it was an Easter service that it finally hit me. I had to excuse myself and went into church stall bathroom and broke down crying and was like, yes, God, yes, Jesus, please. I I believe this to be true for myself as well. And from there, it's um, just been a process of growth and change and trying to learn more about him and live under the authority of Christ in all areas of my life. And it's certainly not perfect, but that's kind of my background and how I've been moving forward since then. That's great. So you tell your husband, I don't do relationships. And then you, you (laughs) open up your bag and throw everything out and say, here, here's everything and hopes that he'll just be like, yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, yeah, I can't do this. And, mm-hmm. uh, it has the total opposite effect for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was the, um, it was the first like taste of grace I'd ever really experienced. And it, it made an impact, a huge impact. It stopped me in my tracks because I was so used to, um, being told I wasn't enough. So used to like somebody wanting me physically and not for who I was as a person. And yeah, so it, it, it made a huge impact. And I believe that's what makes Christianity so different is the basis of grace. And that's what we so desperately need and what we're made for and how it changes lives. Yeah. It's one thing like we, I, you know, I was telling Alan in, in one of our earlier episodes, like it's, it was so hard for me to understand all, I went to church when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just harder for me to understand, understand all the terms and all the, the information that came with, you know, what was supposed to happen? Like what, how was I supposed to, as an adult, you know, I mean, I turned my life over to Christ two and a half years ago and, and I really I understood God. I understand Jesus. Understood Jesus when I was younger. I understand understood the stories and mm-hmm. the Bible, but I didn't understand uh, salvation. Like I didn't get it. Yes. And so, when you met your husband, what was what was that like? Like when you two met up, uh, did you know right away his faith? No, I I knew that they knew each other from their church growing up. Um, my, my friend at the time. And so I had an idea, but I, I didn't know the extent of his belief. We, the first night we met was that it was her like birthday party gathering thing. And we just spent the whole night talking and we, 
I don't think he talked much about like his faith and things then. It was just he listened to me and actually wanted a conversation with me and just was present with me and kind and respectful. And so I'd say his character at the start definitely stood out more. Once we started dating a little bit further down, which that conversation was about a month to six weeks after we started dating, I believe. Um, And he would talk about church and things like that and definitely revealed in his character and the type of person he was. Um, But it wasn't, I never felt like he pushed me. He never invited me to church until that conversation. Right. I think he knew if it, it would feel like I was a project then or something. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) Everybody wants to fix something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You had something, Alan, you wrote something. Yeah. I've I've written down actually um, the whole self-worth self-worth thing is so important because Mm -hmm. even preachers I have found can encourage or discourage your self-worth. They can make you feel like, Hey, you don't, you're not worth anything unless you come to this church and you listen to me. Right. And yeah, yeah it's, it's so. I think um, everybody has vital. a level of self self worth uh, that they, they kind of attach to what they feel their value is because especially without Christ, they don't mm-hmm. see the value that God has uh, for us as uh, citizens of heaven, because at that time we're not, so we're not really, we, we value ourselves. We don't look at the value God has for us. Uh, And that, that can be difficult for us to. Well, actually this kind of goes hand in hand with our raising Christ center children podcast, uh, because when you raise children, they get their self-worth from their parents. If the parents are always telling them how smart and how good they are, that's great. But if the, if the parent is always belittling, you know, then yeah, they're not going to have much self-worth. And then they're, they're just, that's just going to um, continue into their adult life as well. Well, I think we too, a huge impact. Well, and then I'll get your, I want to get your feedback on this because uh, you know, you spoke briefly and I mean, I don't, you don't need to go into detail, but you, you lived in the world for a long time, there's relevance there, right? Like you, you understood the things that you did, uh, were wrong, but you also understand where you're at now with God's grace. You're able to look at it from both sides. And that's important because a lot of people, you know, when you meet somebody and they're like, well, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian and they identify with that, that label, they, there, there's a certain level of, I know when I went to the church here, I'll, I'll get to my point. When I went to the church, I walked in, I was like, man, these are all these people are Christians. And I carried a lot of baggage when I walked in. I mean, you know, 49 mm-hmm. years of baggage. And I walked in and was like, man, all these people are good. And I'm, and I'm not right. Uh, and, and, and then after you go to church for a while, you're like, man, all these people are bad too. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's a certain leveling, but in the, in the beginning that just that, label of Christian automatically gives people a different perception. Uh, and I don't think it's a false perception. I just think sometimes that it's, uh, we have to be careful with the labels. Um, yes. You know what I'm saying? Like on social media, when you see somebody that's, that identifies as a Christian, you're like, wow, you know, this person is here, 
and I'm here sometimes. Um, anyways, so did you feel like that with him at all? Like once you, there had to be some of that maybe in the beginning. With your I husband. still, I, I went through a period where I would feel shame still like, Oh, I have this as part of my story and you don't. And so, and, and I won't lie it during the early years of our marriage caused conflicts because yeah. I, I, I was the first girl he ever kissed, dated anything. And yeah. I had this whole history. And so, um, there, there was tension there for sure. And he never made me feel bad about it. It was more my own guilt of those decisions. And then I would, as a defense mechanism, I think, make it, well, you must feel this way about me. You wanted I him to feel that way. way. Right. Because yes. you were that, yeah, you felt that mm-hmm. way. So you were projecting to him that, well, you know, I know you feel like this. You just won't tell me that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I mean, it looks like, I mean, it sounds like you've come a long way from then. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys, I would you, say the biggest thing with the labels is now because that was 20 years ago, 15, well, 15 years ago. Um, then there's a lot of people who know me now and don't necessarily know the full story of my past. And they're like, Oh, you're so happy. Oh, life just must be so good. And you don't know what struggle is and all that type of stuff. And it's like, no, I do understand. I may not understand your personal story, but I understand the weight that can come with different decisions. And even if they're not your own decisions, but something that happened to you, like I, life there's hardship in life that's the way it is in our sense of world so um but just the difficulty especially with unbelievers who think oh you're a christian that means you automatically believe all these things and you just think life is so good and you're so good and it's like no that's the whole point yeah, we, struggle. <laughs> we, we still struggle yeah. Yeah, (laughs) we know we are no good. (laughs) Yeah, that's and I think sometimes that's the like Alan just said. I mean, that's the difference sometimes is that we know uh, we're not good. I mean, we everybody struggles like I mean, we struggle. I still struggle like I did when when I didn't have my salvation. Like I still struggle in that regard. It's just it's a different. I know where to turn now. Before I didn't, I just turned to myself and was like, all right, well, let's, let's motor on. Like, we'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And that just didn't work out at all. So, um, all right. So fast forward, uh, you guys, I was going to hold up there for a second. All right. right, Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. So when you said you, you grew up in a church, um, when did that stop? Did it, were you still going to church before you went right before you went to college And then that stopped or had it stopped prior to that? Um, I did not grow up going to church except for like Christmas and Easter. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was a Chris Easter. I I got you. Yes. So I had had friends, a friend group um, during like freshman, sophomore year of high school that were big church attenders. And I would go to, I believe it was Young Life or something like that with them on occasion, but it, I always felt like I didn't understand and it wasn't for me, but 
I got you. I, I misunderstood. Good I was, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. He's back with no. us now. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you so fast forward. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to hang out in your past too long. Um, so fast forward, I, you know, I, from what I know you um, on social media, um, mm-hmm. you want to talk. Do you want to talk about your the stuff you're doing now? What you've been working on? Do you want to? Sure. Okay. Or, I mean, we can talk about whatever. Uh, I know there's I mean, some topics we want to talk about, but I want you to be able to talk about the stuff that probably you have a lot of humility with. And uh, I want to give you time to talk about that. Uh, like the, the yeah, devotions. I've, I've, yeah. Um, so as I, like, as I grew in faith, I actually started a blog like 14, 15 years ago. It was in the health and fitness realm then, but I called it Faith Fitness Fund. So faith was still a part of it. And it took off and became a, um, it became like my full-time career for seven years, but it was lifestyle and health, wellness, fitness, online training, all that type of stuff. And, um, it got to be where I was living my life through the lens of how am I going to write about this on my blog? And it got very, I don't know, too consuming. And it was, it was not done from a like glorifying God perspective. It was like, Oh, this is going to be my work. I'm going to do this from my own strength. And so it just wore me down. And so I left doing that for a time I always enjoyed writing and I'm a big journaler. And during that time I mentored some high school girls who are now juniors in college. And I still, gosh, I love them so much. Um, And I would write little devotions to give to them or little Bible plans for them to read and try to encourage them and would speak and share all this different information, things that I was reflecting on and would want them to know and understand. And so my writing started to shift in that direction, either personal journaling or sharing these snippets, mini devotions with them. After they graduated, like I said, a couple years ago, um, and I was still writing and giving things to them, but I would keep feeling these nudges that I now believe were the Holy Spirit, that I needed to be sharing this with more than just them, that I had things to say. And it just probably over the course of a year, if not closer to two, had the thought like, okay, yes, these are good to write and share with them, but you can share it with others. Like, yes, share it with others. And I just, after blogging professionally for seven years. I was like, nope, I'm not going back into that space. Just no. And it finally, at the start of this year, um, I had in the back of my, my mind writing a devotional book for a long time. And it, it and the girls I mentored, they always said, you need to write a book, write a book. We want you to write a book. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And just finally, it was a very convicting sense are you going to write and share these words for my glory? Or are you going to keep hiding them because of my own discomfort and my own right. doubt? And 
so that was okay. I, I guess I will take the steps to do this. And so that's when I started up the Instagram page, um, which actually I had already had that account, but it was where I would share some of the writings with my, the girls that I mentored, because of course they're on Instagram, high school, college, but well, now they're all on TikTok and other things, but, um, yeah, so I just started putting things out there, sharing stuff that I'd written before or, and got serious about, I joined a writing community that's faith-based and just started praying through it. And always when I would sit down to write and still, of course, it would be, God, let your words be what shine through whatever you give me to write. Like, let it be for you, not me. And it's made a world of difference in writing and putting things out there. It, it doesn't feel like it did when I did it for right. um, the blog. It's, there's, there's a higher purpose, higher meaning to this than myself. And otherwise, it's not worth doing. So that's kind of how it started just for the girls that I mentored. And then it's, and it's it's just grown from there. So it's interesting how, when we relinquish ourselves from things like that, you can actually see the growth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When when we pull ourselves out of it, we're like, when we finally realize we're not in control anyway. Yeah. I was, I was was doing some stuff too for a little while where I was like, how can I put God into this? And Mm -hmm. I think that was the wrong way to look at it. Like I just wasn't, and it was like, geez, that's, that seems so petty. Like I'm giving Mm -hmm. him a little bit of space here. And then, you know, when you, when you stop and you look at it and you're like, you know, I have the time, I have the talent Mm -hmm. to glorify him. He's given me these things. He's like pulling, you know, he did that with Alan. Alan was like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll dabble in this podcast thing while I go to work. (laughs) And then, you know, and then things just kept coming in the way. And it's like, Hey, you know, you should really just set aside your yourself for God because, you know, he did give us Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like it, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's humbling. Uh, Yes. And to see the way it worked with you. Uh, it works that way. People just don't tell, I mean, they don't tell the story just because they might not have the opportunity. It works that way a lot. We look through Mm -hmm. our lenses when we should be, when we should sacrifice and be obedient because we are called to serve him, uh, as children of God. And when we do that, it's amazing what, what it will do uh, through him. And it's not for our glory or credit. I mean, we're not deserving. absolutely Absolutely. So actually, um, we, when Bill first had talked to you, he had, uh, and, and you guys had lined up this podcast, he said that you wanted to talk about salvation versus sanctification. And that was so exciting to me because oh, yeah, you should have seen them. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's like one of my favorite topics. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, so I you, mean, I, it was like, I pulled out a coin in front of a, a two-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you want to, you want to share some of that? Well, I want to, let me, let me ask something real quick. Okay. Uh, where are you at with uh, the book? I, okay. It is written. See another, it's 90 another, devotions. another coin with a two-year-old. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is 90 devotions, one chapter of the gospels a day with a devotion that's related to that chapter, plus one 
bonus, like introductory devotion, um, because there's 89 chapters through the Gospels. So yeah, it is written. I have done the first draft, second draft, third draft. It's with beta readers now. So that those are people who read and give um, just generic feedback. And it will be going to professional copy editing at the end of August. There still will be cover up? design and stuff. Likely end of January, early February, Ugh. mainly because I don't want to be launching a book in the holidays. And I yeah think the earliest it could be done would be some after cover design formatting and all of that would be November. And that just seems wow. like it would not be fun to try to put a book out when everybody's busy with Christmas and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, well, and I'm sure you're going to try to do some, some media stuff related to it. So. Yeah. That'll- I would rather take the time to do things well, instead of, rushing forward in my own willpower of like, yes, let's get this done now. So, and if God wants yeah. you to speed up, he'll let you know. Yeah. If, if things come together and it's like, Oh, okay. I can share what this. Now, then, yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in my mind, it would be sometime early part of next year. That's awesome. So yeah, still I mean, a bit, but <laughs> have you come up with a title? It's um, come and see. And it's 90 devotions. I haven't completely figured out the subtitle, but it'll be something like 90 days in the gospels with Jesus or something along those lines. Man, I'm really excited for you. Yeah. Like I'm really, I mean, the stuff you write, my wife loves it. I, I love reading them. Um, They're really powerful. And I know I can tell uh, that you, I can tell you meditate on your words with God. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just really good. If anybody gets a chance to follow you on Instagram, I'm a, I'm going to plug it real quick and it's not for any other reason than I read them. And I think everybody else should be reading them. Um, Thank I, you. I really, I see great things with what you write and, uh, your passion for what you write because it brings glory to God. And I told Alan, when we started this podcast, it is not about anything. It is not about anything Bill and Alan related. Sometimes we get on here and we babble. I mean, we just, it is about what God has done in our lives individually, what he's doing in our lives collectively and what he'll continue to do in our lives because all we want to do is bring glory to him. And and you said it, that's the whole reason you stopped doing the other thing with the fitness (laughs) and the lifestyles, because it wasn't truly bringing glory to him uh, in the way that he deserves. Um, so, all right. So <clears throat> I don't want to get too, I get, I get very stirred up as Alan would say. Um, but let's, how do you want to, how do you want to talk about that stuff? Alan, he's over here. Just, I mean, <laughs> geez, Alan, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Salvation versus sanctification. It's a very interesting topic to me because there are so many people, there are so many preachers actually that promote um, salvation and they, they promote it as the end all be all. And that's only the beginning. Yeah. You know, the sanctification is, is such a, a necessary part in the Christian life. Someone that truly has their salvation. There's a lot of organizations that we said, we said this yesterday. There's a lot of organizations that want to bring people in the door. They get them in the door. They, preach to them in, in hopes, uh, that they'll stay 
and then they preach to salvation, uh, either mm-hmm. through an altar call or some type of call at the end of a service. And they, once, once they get salvation, they yeah. move on to membership and then there's, but, and then it falls flat. Discipleship isn't in there, but that's the, yes. that's the, that's the important thing right there. You, they, they promote salvation, but it's a superficial salvation. Yeah. People yeah. still question their salvation. They're it's like so oh. much deeper. Yeah. It's so much deeper. They don't get that assurance from the Holy spirit and no one explains that they need that assurance from the Holy spirit. So it's kind of like, you know, an auctioneer, anybody need their salvation? Anybody need their salvation? Go on, once, you know? go on twice. And then, okay, mm-hmm. you have, yep. Come back here. We'll talk to you about your salvation. Oh, you're good to go. You can go live your life. Yeah. However you want, you're yeah. going to heaven. Don't worry about it. And that is so misleading. Yeah. Because 15 it, years later, you'll question yeah. whether or not you truly mm-hmm. uh, had salvation. Exactly. I mean, and then there are so many benefits within that relationship with Jesus Christ Yeah, that people deserve to be told that. Well, I'm going to ask Tina a question in a second. I, 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 I presented this to Alan the other day and then I explained myself because we know salvation isn't a process as it's defined Right. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a decision you make that you can't do your life on your own. You you put your faith and trust in Christ, but there is a process to salvation. There's an understanding you have to come to you. You ran to the bathroom during a service. Mm -hmm. I think, I believe you said Easter and went into the bathroom and, and, and cried to, to God. And because mm-hmm. you had been in front of it for a while and there wasn't anybody else that could determine it for you. You couldn't look up front at a preacher and say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a sinner. Yeah. I can't help myself. Nobody was going to lead you to that. And I think that's the misnomer sometimes is that we have to go lead people to Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, adults, they have to have an understanding of what it means, uh, a clear understanding, because it's not something that you can take lightheartedly. When that happened with you, had you heard, this is my question, had you heard a lot of sermons related to salvation at that point? Or how did you come to your understanding of what salvation was? Yes, the, the church that we attended did speak clearly about salvation and the message of like, us being sinners in need of a savior. And the barrier for me at that time was that I didn't think that love, I could not believe there was a barrier to believe that that love extended to me. And I was included in that opportunity. But so finally, I mean, it was Easter sermon, of course, talking about Jesus on the cross and that he had died and risen and defeated sin. And we were a new creation in him and something about it. It had been preached before, definitely, and regularly. um, And something about it landed that day, because as you said, it's not like the preacher didn't save me. It's the Holy Spirit. Nobody is going to choose and declare I'm a sinner in need of a savior on their own. It's only a miraculous will and power of God and the Holy spirit that will speak through us to make that declaration and that change. Um, it's a change in heart. Yes. It's not, it's not your mind. (laughs) Yes. And the hard part I would say is after that moment, I 
there was a part of me that believed I would wake up the next day and be completely new and all of it would be any, any of my struggles, any of my doubts, anything would just, it would all disappear in an instant. And I would be a new creation and think like, Oh, I'm going to be, you know, just like Jesus because of a prayer I prayed or a new belief and, I think that's where the struggle comes and what you were talking about with discipleship, Alan, is if there's, we have, it's a path. That's the starting point. And until we're in heaven and glorified in the presence of Christ with him, there it's a whole journey in between those two points that, and that's where the sanctification happens. And we need the training and the truth of God's word and submission to the Holy spirit working in us. And so many people just, like you said, focus on the starting point and not the journey or focus on the end point of one day we'll be in heaven. And it's, it's so much more than that. Well, they don't, right. They don't see that, that process in between. Mm -hmm. They, they neglect it. And we are called, we're in this, I mean, I try to, I try really hard not to get so stirred up about it. But as soon as you turn your life over to Christ, you're called to serve. You're called Mm -hmm. to serve him. It's not this, Hey, I'm good. I'm going to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day because I'm okay. (laughs) You know, I'm good. I'm I'm totally, everything's worked out. I'm saved. Cool. But 90% of the people that attend most churches, that's their belief is they're saved. Now they're a member of the church. Everything's okay. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. actually you said something very interesting. You know, you, you woke up the next morning and you were like, you were thinking you were going to be this different person. And Mm -hmm. in all reality, it it doesn't happen that way. Um, Mm -hmm. So at any point were you like, and I, I say this because I'm sure there are so many people out there that are like, Oh, well maybe it didn't take, or they they don't fully understand. No, I didn't. The, yeah. the change comes over a period of time, and they're like, "Well, maybe I didn't receive my salvation. Maybe, maybe God doesn't want me." Or there's so many negative things that people can think because they weren't explained. Hey, this is only the beginning, and your life is not going to be perfect. God is God. He's not a genie. He doesn't have a magic wand. And I just feel like there are so many people that need. Um, more to me, Christianity, more, more information. Yeah. To me, Christianity isn't a one size fits all because we all come from different yeah. places and we all need different things to, to help us to grow, to, to gain understanding. And, um, I just think so many is organizations that, that drop the ball for her. I don't know. Was there a question there? <laughs> yeah. There I don't know. Like, I got fired up. I'm sorry. It was like 10 minutes away. Tina. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I just got excited. So, um, but anyway, what was the question? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Question, I know what the question have, was now. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay, I, go for it. I got on the side. I got, I got a little distracted. Yeah. I got sterile. But anyway, the question was, when you woke up the next morning and your life wasn't different, did you, did, were you discouraged? Were you disappointed? What, what did you feel at that point? I was not discouraged right away, but there were certainly times over the course of, especially those first years where there would be doubt and a lot of the same struggles. And then I would believe, well, this is just, 
who I am. Maybe God can't redeem this part. Um, oh, again, relating back, back to a lot of those identity things. And I am definitely a type A, like to get things done personality. So then that pointed me to more of a works-based idea of my salvation where it would be, okay, these are the things to be a good Christian, so to speak, quote unquote. So I will do these things. And in, in a way, I'm glad that I was I had that tendency because I started reading my Bible. I started like, let me sign up to do this things at like serve at church. Let me sign up to do this and um, be sure I'm going to church every week that I like as often as I can and things like that. And they started as more of a discipline of this is what I have to do. But the more I did it and especially reading the Bible, the more I got to know God and understand his heart behind the things he calls us to do and the way that his truth like changes us. And over time, I, I could never pinpoint, Oh, it was this that changed things, but just starting those disciplines over time did change the way I think the way I lived and chose to do certain things. Um, So that's where for me, the sanctification started with like not the holiest of like goals of I have to do this to be a good Christian, but he's he still used it. He still works through it to change me and grow me. And now I see how it's a process and how it's just part of a life of devotion to him to do these things yeah. because I need them, not because he needs me to do them. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, um, we don't, well, we don't, right. We don't work for our salvation, but we work because of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. that's our process of sanctification to remove us from the things of the world, to get us far away. We're never going to be separated from it until we mm-hmm. arrive in heaven. But it's mm-hmm. that, it's that process of, you know, if we, I, I like it and maybe you agree, maybe you don't, I don't know. But back in your college days, when things were just off the chain for you, Like I liken it to my life. Like I was living in the world and now, Mm -hmm. you know, Alan and I talk about this as a citizen of heaven. We, we are not a citizen of the world anymore. We're not called to live here. We're called, we live here, but it's, it's temporary. We're, we're citizens of heaven. And as such, we have to glorify God each and every day through the things that we do. And those are the things that those are the, that's the service. It's not works-based. It's Mm service-based. We serve him and we all do that in different ways. And we talk about that, you know, people discount the way they serve. My wife's a teacher. She's like, well, what, you know, what, how do I serve at school? I said, you know, I tell her, uh, and we talk about stuff like this all the time is that the way you behave and respond and teach and the, all bringing glory to God is service. It's a way you yes. serve when you do that. It's not about an act of, well, I have to go drive a bus at the church. It's not always an act. It yes. could be an attitude. That's right. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. you could yeah. do something that's a horrible job. Uh, but if you do it with the right attitude, it's, yeah. it's been in service. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, you told a story the other day about something. I don't really, I, I don't either. I tell so many, but it was good. It was about somebody that had, yeah, you do. You, you, 
about somebody that had the worst job. He was going around doing something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was actually, you want me to share that? Yeah, I would. I'd okay. Like so actually, um, I heard this on, on the radio or something, but he was talking about this, this Christian guy was building um, a, a house for one of the members of the church. And this, this contractor was a Christian and he believed in everything, but he was sitting on the front porch of this house that he was building been all down in the dumps and disappointed and everything because materials weren't showing up and this and that. And he was just having a real, you know, he's just been a real Debbie downer. And this guy, this truck pulls up, this guy jumps out. He's all excited and everything. He's like, good morning. How you doing? And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. And he's like, uh, where's your port potty at? And he's like, well, it's around back. He said, uh, Okay, well, I'm gonna. I got. I'm the porty potty cleaner, and I'm going to go clean that. And so he was all excited and everything. And this guy, the contractor, sitting on the porch, just felt bad. He's like, "Here I am. I have this job where I get to build things, and I'm, I'm acting like this. And this guy is all jacked up, and he's cleaning right. porta potties right. all day. You know, so <laughs> it was just pretty, pretty funny. It's all how yeah. we. Yeah, it's, it's your attitude. Put a lot of it's just attitude. Bring God back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And then those types of things, they stand out. And then when somebody asks you like, oh, well, how, like, how does that work for you? And then it's an opportunity to point to to Christ in you. So, yeah. Absolutely. And actually, I'm sorry that I've left that part out. So the guy that was cleaning the porta potty, um, he told a guy, he's like, they start having a, a, a conversation about Christ. And he's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And he jumps in the truck and he's blaring like uh, worship music and stuff. But so, you know, he had a love for Jesus, too. He was just expressing in a different way. Well, he was happy about it. He was, yeah, he was happy about he was letting the, He was letting the joy of his eternal salvation come through. Yeah. He doesn't have Absolutely. to worry about that. So, um, and you, you said something I want to ask you, uh, you mentioned lens. So I, I see this coming up a lot about the, how the lens that we look through, uh, when we study, read, uh, write, you know, how we, the lens that we per- portray, is that something that you, uh, I mean, since you mentioned it, I'm sure you do, but is that something you do frequently is look at, uh, try to see. Uh, the lens that you're looking through? I would say, I don't know if it's something I actively like think think about about or put into those words, but, but yes, because when I read my Bible daily and whenever I read God's word, I always, always pray for him to open my eyes, to see his truth, his character, to be looking for him in it, not for me, not for what I want to read or like an inspiration to boost me up. I want to see and get to know him. So I would say that helps change my perspective um, through the day as well to be looking and taking notice of his presence. And lately, just with the chaos of the world and things that's been, you know, happening since a year and a half ago. Um, and I mean, Hey, the entire history of the world in all honesty, but right. just trying to, like, I have been praying more lately to have an eternal perspective and, um, I actually have a post brief post written for this that came from this prayer and thought that 
it's ha- having an internal perspective and seeing that there's something greater and knowing the end of the story and that that hope is secure. It keeps us grounded in what really matters and living out what we are called to do in the here and now. And so that has been a more recent prayer for me. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have noticed it as something that I actively seek and think on. But now that you mention it, I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. Something well, I, well, I say that in the sense of like context, because mm-hmm. context is a big thing, uh, yes. whether preaching, social media, uh, just having conversations with people, they can they can throw stuff just out of context. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've, I've only picked up on this lens. Uh, I guess I wouldn't call it an analogy, but usage that people are are using because it does give you better depth, I guess, when you think about the context of a verse, instead of just looking at the single verse that people like to use, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. it really gives a lot of background and context to it. And I think what happens is people that aren't saved, that don't have a knowledge or an understanding or the information uh, from the Bible, the truth uh, in God's mm-hmm. word, they don't understand the context. Like they can't yes. They only know it for the, you know, the, the phrase that was put on a coffee mug or on a Mm -hmm. sign somewhere or a t-shirt, you know, you're not Mm going to put an entire chapter on a t-shirt and expect somebody to read it for the context. Um, and that's, and for me, I think that gets taken out a lot when people talk about salvation, uh, especially Mm -hmm. sanctification. When Alan and I first met, uh, I had no idea what sanctification was. I mean, I've read it. I had read it at the time. I didn't know what it meant uh, until we started to really have in-depth conversations. Right. Because you can look at a word and not understand its meaning. Yeah. Like you can see it and read it and not, and you could even look it up, but you don't understand the practical application of it. And if no one makes it important, you will not ever look to find the definition of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like discipleship, sanctification, there's yeah, a lot of things. Absolutely. You know, and, and, um, you know, here's a definition right here is, uh, a believer, you know, well, not definition is just a, a statement, but you know, it's just where, a, a sinner gradually dies to sin and, and gets more grace. Um, a lot of people don't think they touch on sanctification a whole bunch because, which is really, they, they need to, because a lot of people believe sanctification is a one-time thing as well, like salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, when, yeah. yeah. And they don't realize that sanctification, it's not a, you know, one time and, and we're done. It's a over life. Yeah. You will never. Yes. Well, I can't say you will never. There are a lot of people that are probably entirely sanctified, but a lot of people will not be entirely sanctified <laughs> until they pass from from this world to the next. And at my rate, you know? yeah, that's me. Uh, well, yeah, that's what made me change my whole thing. I was thinking about you. I was like, yeah. Well. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> I'm just um, So I didn't mean to get off on the lens and context thing. I heard you bring it up and then it, and it just, in the beginning, we, there's a lot of terms that if somebody was listening and they weren't going to church and they weren't, uh, reading devotions or in a Bible, they weren't even attached to any type of religion, nevertheless, uh, Christianity or faith, they would, they would hear a lot of these things and they would think, man, I can't do that. I mean, this, there's a lot of things out of, you know, the Holy spirit. That was one for me. 
mm-hmm. when I fell on my knees and prayed to Christ and, and God and just, I mean, I was broken. I was in a point of despair. And when I got to that place, I didn't understand the Holy Spirit. Somebody could have told me, you're, you know, as soon as you put your faith and trust in Christ, you're going to be, uh, the Holy Spirit will be in you and with you. And I would have, I would have been like, yeah, okay. Like, I don't, I didn't understand it. And nobody explained it to me Yeah. Uh, until I started reading the Bible and questioning, like, what is this? Like, what right. is this that, you know? And that's, that's why I was so, I believe discipleship is so important. Yeah. Uh, and the, the ball has been dropped. Um, it's so important because there are things like, you know, the Holy Spirit will or salvation. You know, you question that after a while because yeah. you're still you still have the same tendencies because people aren't encouraging you to get into your Bible more. Not only telling you to read the Bible, but sit down with your or create groups to read together and discuss things or whatever. Being an encouragement. Yeah. Being an encouragement. And a lot of, and like I said, you know, religion isn't a one size fits all. This person may need a little bit more than that that person. That was your husband for you, wasn't it? Uh, Yes. As a disciple. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a start. And then we had, we were part of a married small group. And the two people who led that group were older than us. And um, they became great disciples as, as well for, for us yeah. and for me. You yeah. guys, you, I, I saw a post that you did that you, uh, you two will read and discuss uh, mm-hmm. Bible verses yes. uh, or chapters. I guess you go through mm-hmm. a chapter and then discuss it. Yes. Um, will you, can you, will you talk about that for a minute or is there not yeah. much to really um, it actually, it started more with me because like I said, when I was like, I need to do all the things to be a good Christian, <laughs> I'm going to start reading, reading the Bible. <laughs> I, bet you I was actually the first. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> not as much as I used to. I've gotten better about not yeah. being tied to like needing to do things. Your, your husband probably but, hates it. He's probably like, oh, another list. Yeah. My wife hates yeah. my list. So I stopped doing it. You pinned it down. (laughs) Um, But he actually did not read his Bible a ton. And then I was the one that was like, yeah, I'm going to read it. And I just fell more and more and more in love with it as I read and just learning so much through it. And it was amazing to me, like how all the pieces fit together. And so then um, I was the one that was like, hey, let's read this together. And so that started probably about a decade ago. And we've wow. just kept it up ever since. And, you know, there's times where one of us gets busy or the other and it kind of falls to the wayside. But it's it's so good that we have each other because usually it's one or the other. And they're like, hey, we need to get back into this. And so yeah. we hold each other accountable to it. And it just we've gone through like Bible in the year reading plans. We've gone where we read, um, like we did the chronological Bible. Um, we've just done different plans. And lately we've, we do one chapter of the old Testament, one chapter of the new Testament a day and discuss it. So that's incredible. Yeah. That's really good. There's so many churches, you know, they, they promote one version of the Bible or another version, Mm -hmm. but it's irrelevant. What Bible a person owns if they never read it. Right. Yes. They don't encourage right. people to, right. to read it. They don't have, you know, any 
Um, and, and you don't have to browbeat them and be like, hey, have you did you read your Bible today? But you should encourage mm-hmm. that and have groups yes. of people to get together and discuss it. But, you know, uh, I was in a, um, a situation where that was not encouraged. It was actually mm-hmm. discouraged. So um, that was kind of weird. But um, it doesn't matter what kind of Bible you own. If you're not reading it, it's not going to make any difference anyway. You well, might as well read yeah. um, what's Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it, it's yeah. going to have the same effect. Well, you can, you know, like you, like you were talking about, you, you were at, you were going to church, but you hadn't put your faith and trust in Christ yet. And you didn't, mm-hmm. you weren't indwelled with the Holy Spirit. So a lot of, a, a non-believer can carry around a Bible and read through it. And it mm-hmm. can be a read for that person. But yeah. once if you don't have that relationship with God, it's not going to, it's not going to come alive to you. It's not going to, it's not going to have meaning or purpose. There's not going to be an application. You're not saved. There's not going to be an application of the Bible for you. An unsaved person can't take the Bible and start randomly applying things in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, You know, and for me, that's so, you know, man, I can't, I can't get out of the Bible. Like I want to read the Bible. I want to understand it. I want to see. And every time I could read 10 passage, the same passage 10 times a day and truly mm-hmm. pull something different out of it each and every day. Sometimes it'll be the same. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it becomes autonomous and you have to stop doing that. Uh, it's not the purpose of reading the Bible for reading the Bible. It's the purpose of, of having God in a relationship with God through his mm-hmm. word. And, and I think people, you know, the sanctification part of it for me, I think, I think discipleship is huge. I think it's, it's incredibly huge. Um, yes. I believe it's right under receiving your salvation. Yeah. And I think it's right there with going out and spreading the gospel. Yeah. Definitely. You can't, you, you shouldn't have to be told to go do something if you're in God's word. Exactly. It should and be there the, for you. And that's been my thing, you know, for the last couple of episodes, you know, people wouldn't need to check the boxes. They wouldn't need to be told the rules that how to dress, how to act or what language to use. If they were taught to allow the Holy Spirit to lead them, yeah. because the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit will tell them, will lead them in a way that is right. Uh, I was like, you Tina. don't need checking but. You know, I was, I'm telling you, man, as soon as I, as soon as I felt, uh, that relationship begin, the, the yeah. immediacy of it, what, like for the salvation, yeah. I, it, mm-hmm. I had to do everything I could do. I told remember I yeah. told you, you were like, so how did it start? I was like, listen, <laughs> I, I got this. <laughs> right. I pulled up <laughs> web pages, sermons, uh, anything I could find. If it said Bible, God, Jesus, or the gospel, it was in front of me. I printed it off. I mean, I was, I was doing, and finally I was like, geez, Louise. Yeah. Like I'm, this is out of control. I got to stop. I got to, I got to, I got to leave it right here. Prayer and the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like I got to leave it at that because I can't overwhelm myself. People were, my wife was like, you've got to calm down. (laughs) Right. Like we don't work at the same speed. Right. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, have you read your Bible? What page are you on? What, what verse are we talking about today? And she's like, okay, 
Listen, yeah. I can't watch another Adrian Rogers sermon. <laughs> like I can't do it. <laughs> she was right. like, you have to go get help. There should have been some type of, uh, you know, a chip that I well, could have gotten. And that's another thing I believe within dis- discipleship, because when you, when it's clearly defined what should be happening in your life and how it happens, you're not searching everywhere still, you yeah. know, yeah, you know, um, Okay, I received my salvation. That was instantaneous. It may have taken a long time to get there, but that was instantaneous. Yeah. But the growth is a process, and these are the steps that you should be going through to to increase that pro- or to um to to grow that process to yeah, grow it's perpetuation. Within, yeah, to grow yeah. within that process. I bet Tina was exactly like I was. I bet when she got it, there's, she was like, there's nobody exactly like you. I told Alan, it was like buying a boat. I was like, okay, I'm going to get these poles, these rods. I'm going to get this fort. I'm going to add this onto it. That's how my Christianity was immediately after I turned to Christ. Uh, yeah. There, I, there I feel was like a lot was of wanting thing. to know information for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no shortage of it. You just have to, yeah, be, there's, and yeah. we learn to be very careful in particular. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, and in, in it's exposure to things too, you know, as, as a new believer, especially as an adult who hasn't had this in their life, you're like, Oh, I don't know if I should trust that. I mean, you just, you don't know. Uh, and, and there's some good resources and places to go. Uh, that's not for this episode, but where do you, where, where do you see, what do you place the importance on now? For you, Tina, like, what do you, what are the things, if you could name top three things, I'm putting you on the spot, but if you could name the top three things that are the most important in your faith right now, what would they be? God's word, community, and by community, not just like, oh, I'm going to have yeah, people. Whoever's, but, right. Yeah. And, and it needs to be people who aren't afraid to speak truth to me, even if it's hard truth. Yeah. If it's something that I need to hear, then they need to be able to say it to me. And um, that goes with the discipleship, but like trusted and safe people, not just anybody, like you said. So I would say God's word first and foremost community. And then you can add also, yeah, well, I would, um, I would say community in the sense of people who can hold you accountable, but then also community in the sense of people you're, pouring back into. Yeah. Well, we're commanded with God's word at the top. Yeah. So I would say those three things. Yeah. That's awesome. It's hard. I mean, it kind of goes to the, like the two, like greatest love God, love others, like God at the top and then being in community with others underneath it. I don't think enough people talk about their relationship with God. Religion's one thing. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I say it all the time and I don't want people to take it negative. Like, Religion is the substance, you know, and your relationship with God is far deeper than that. Religion will never get you to that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard in our lives every day, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll pull on this experience. You, you go to church and everybody wants to talk about the social things, hunting, mm-hmm. cooking, uh, just things outside of actual, the church, the fellowship, the need to be around like-minded believers, like-minded believers is people that actually share the same belief and desire. I have friends that I can talk about automotive stuff. Uh, 
but I want to talk about Christ and I want to talk about mm-hmm. God because that perpetuates that relationship to other people. Uh, I'm not an auto mechanic. Uh, you know, I want to have Christ centered conversations. Do you see that your life holds more of that now that you've kind of backed away from the lifestyle and the fitness thing? And now that you are solely, uh, trying to establish your relationship with him and glorify him. Yes. 100%. (laughs) And that's awesome. Like, I mean, you can't, I mean, think about that, Tina, how many people do you know? in a pool of 50 that you could ask that. And they, without a doubt, without hesitation would say, I glorify him as much as I can, as often as I can. And as many times as I can. I mean, it's hard for people to answer that. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that's not putting them, uh, that's not putting them down or in a negative light. But if you're a believer, yeah. you have to take a look back and ask yourself, am I bringing glory to God? Mm-hmm. Uh, in as many ways as I can. Yes. And that's, that's hard. I mean, I had to check myself on that because in the beginning I wasn't, it was about me. It was mm-hmm. about what can God's glory bring to me? And it was, I was a new believer. I, you know, is this blessing being given to me? Is this prayer being <laughs> right. answered? It was, it, I mean, yeah. it totally was like, how can I get out of this situation? Yeah. But there comes a point when, you're no longer looking for that. You're looking to just reciprocate the love that was shown to you yeah. by receiving your salvation. Yeah. By yes. I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not the answer. <laughs> no, I'm not the answer. I, I might be, and I'll be the tool he uses every day. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, I lived 50 something years or 49 years uh, not working out the way I wanted it to. So where do you, do you mind if I ask where you go to church now or what denomination church you go to? Um, it's a, it's in a denominational church. Oh, okay. um, so they don't have any roots in any denomination. I don't believe so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, I know one of the teaching pastors actually grew up Jewish and then was converted um, in oh. his forties. But the the lead pastor, I think, may have some like Baptist background. Okay. But um, but yeah, they there's it's it's a non denominational church, but they are very much of the style of church that um, is focused on the Bible, like each verse by verse, we're actually spending two years going through the book of John. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's and, not one of those warm and fuzzy feel good churches. It's actually got some meat. Yeah. To it. Yeah, yeah. I, yes, we had previously attended a non-denominational church that is a fairly well-known one and left it um, yeah. over the past year or so, because I more and more realized it. It lacked the discipleship. It lacked the, it was, here's a talk on, yeah, discipline. It lacked um, holding God's authority or God's word as authority. It was kind of like, hey, here's some good life tips for you. And I found these Bible verses out of context to throw in the message to help. I like the, I like the life tips. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And that's actually a lot of churches are just a motivational seminar that you go to every week. That's all they are. There's no meat to it. We'll have to do an episode on caution words like new age, uh, life tips, 
Uh, you know, when uh-huh. you start to see attendance dwindle, you start to see doctrine water. Uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. I just, I have done a study uh, last month we took off and I, I had done a study and I'd been wanting to do one for a while on denominations and I spent a ton of time and I didn't even scratch the surface. There are over 30,000 denominations. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. And, it's crazy. you know, the Baptist denomination, they have like over a hundred different denominations within the Baptist denomination. Mm-hmm. So that's so many people are confused and they don't actually know what they should be knowing because mm-hmm. the, the truth has been watered down, convoluted, uh, misrepresented by all these different denominations and people just get confused yeah. and, and, you have to, it's God's word. Off. Like it's God's word. Yeah. That's what yeah. If it, the doctrine is scripture. It's not man-made mm-hmm. add-ons. Now you can do that as a church, but that's where you begin to separate and you begin to divide. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, you'll start out with uh, the God's word and then man will add in something and then it'll become, well, let's become the Baptist or whatever. And I'm not picking on Baptist, but that's... It, <laughs> You know, people are like, stay away from non-denominational churches. Well, truly, if you're focused on God's word, it doesn't matter. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You have to be in God's word. The church has to preach God's word. And it can't water it down with saying, well, we're going to allow this or that. Well, if God's word doesn't allow that, then why are we allowing that? Well, you know, there are a lot of churches that say to stay away from a non-denominational church. Now nah, they're just scared. But they promote people like D.L. Moody, which was non-denominational. Right. Who who actually uh, encouraged conversations with Calvinist. Yeah. I don't I don't even want to yeah. hear it. Like hey, that kind of stuff just you know, you, you can't put somebody down and pull somebody in. Like you can't do it. <laughs> There's just no way to push people away and say, yeah, but come on, we we love you. Like, yeah. we're going to love you like Christ loved you, but just don't come here. Yeah, I'm sure David Koresh and Jim Jones had that same theology. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get us fired up. Yeah. Uh, so, so listen. I think the key with any church is, are they preaching God's word directly? Because yeah. if it's preaching God's word directly, then that's, that's going to apply to life and lead to change and things like that. And the Holy spirit can't be a magic genie and it needs to be about God, not about the person on stage or the person listening in the audience. And like, that's to me, that's key. All the different denominations and things. Absolutely. And it's sad. Nobody's perfect. It's just, we need the word of God and people who have hearts for him and to glorify him. Like that's what church should be. (laughs) And a, a lot of people, unfortunately don't know the word of God for themselves enough (laughs) that they don't know how to discern. They don't know how to let the Holy spirit discern whether they're in the right place or not. Yeah. You know, if they'll just start and that starts with discipleship as well. Right. I mean, people, I I didn't have anyone leading me by the hand. I had a great example growing up, but once I prayed for pray to, to the Holy spirit to give me that hunger, to fill me with that hunger yeah. and the desire for his word. I got mm-hmm. it, you know, and I have that hunger now. And unfortunately people don't know the role of the Holy spirit. They don't know how to pray. They don't know the word of God. So they just, they're sheeple. 
They yeah. go to the same place every week and hear whatever they're going to hear, but they don't know whether it's true or not. Well, I think once you start, like you have to, you have to make yourself available. Yeah. Absolutely. You can't say, well, I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid I'm going to be put in front of the wrong people or fed the wrong information. Mm-hmm. You have to pray and you have to be in God's word. I mean, if you're there already, if you're starting that process of praying and, and reading your Bible, God's going to take mm-hmm. care of you. He's going to lead you in the right direction. And and you might end up in the wrong place for a while. You, you might yeah. be, that might be God's plan for you for growth yeah. Yeah. Uh, or somebody else's growth. It's not always about us. You know, we, we're quick to say, well, I think, you know, I think God was just using me, uh, trying to show me something. Well, maybe he was trying to show somebody else something. You just happen to be the object. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you uh, know, we have to take ourselves away from, we put ourselves trying to think what God is trying to do. Then we make ourselves, uh, able to read God's mind. And that's just ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, yeah. nobody should be in that position. Like just make yourself available for God. Uh, mm-hmm. be obedient to what you read, um, you know, and try as really as hard as you can to separate yourself from the world. I mean, that's my, that's my thing. I, I, I trip all the time. Like I trip all the time. I tell my wife too. I'm like, geez, that's so much work, <laughs> so much work. I just went backwards. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, understand what grace is and be able to extend grace as well. Um, because people will need it uh, tremendously. Our world isn't even close to where it's going to be. And people are going to need grace and they're going to need Christ. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you want to, you want to plug your Instagram? Do you want to, uh, and I can't wait for your book. I, would, oh. I really think you should try for a Thanksgiving launch. No, yes. no. <laughs> She's like, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm going to pray for uh. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so you're self-publishing your book or are you going through a publisher? I'm self-publishing okay. mainly because I, through the writing group I'm part of, it's very clear that for a traditional publisher to even look at it, it's, oh, you have to have the big platform and audience and all that type of stuff. And I was like, I just want to share the words God's giving me. And if it goes to less people, because I'm not God doing traditional published. Right so yeah, so be it. I don't want to spend time and energy building an audience. So yeah, that way yeah. I can share the, what he's giving me to share. That's like, that seems backwards. So. And when um, God's in it, the people that need it will get it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And after, when I did the um, professional blogging and things like that, I like it, I had a large audience then like, and I went and spoke professionally places and did all this stuff. And, and I like, after doing that and seeing how easy it was to get sucked into the, I need to be on for people and live for like what they think it's, I would prefer to have it be more of a smaller community centered sort of like, Hey, here's my words I'm sharing with you. Let's talk about them together instead of trying to build this big platform that then I feel like I'm having to hold it up instead of it just being like, Hey, I'm here sharing what God's giving me to share. And we're in this together. Let's go and learn about him and reach for Christ together. So yeah, if you make it available, people will find it, right? You don't have yeah. to find the people. You just have to make the content mm-hmm. available and people will come find it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, that's the I'm same like, with your devotion. Yeah. 
Yep. He's the one yep. that'll work That's <laughs> out right. where it goes and everything else. Right. So. And the book, the whole thing, like, like I just said, you know, the whole thing may be for the benefit of somebody you'll never even know about the benefit. Yep. And, and that's, yep. and that's fine too. Cause the glory goes to mm-hmm. God either way. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Do you know your Instagram? Uh, do you want to, uh, did we give your last name? Well, we didn't, but no. did you? No. I don't know. I don't do think you want to do that. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'll put it in the yeah. show. Notes. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Okay. Um, if you would like to follow along with my writing, you can follow on Instagram. It's at Tina Reale, R-E-A-L-E is how you spell the last name. And I share daily mini devotions there, um, weekly posts, breaking down things from the Bible and offering encouragement. You can also go to tinareale.com and there's a place to subscribe to my weekly devotion that I send out each week via email. And that way you'll also be able to stay up to date for book updates, cover reveals, all the fun stuff. And as soon as my gospels devotional is available, you'll be the first to know that way. Man, that so, was professional. That's where you can find me. That was really good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It makes our ending sound horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, like, gosh. Alan, give your phone number out. He's like, okay. <laughs> I'll put all your information and links to your stuff in the show notes. Uh, that way, if somebody pulls up the podcast, their drive, and they can just scroll to their, okay. their yes. your webpage and it'll, it'll send them there. So, well, thank you, <laughs> Tina. And, uh, I'll get, I'll reach out to you. I'll send you some stuff, uh, through your email okay. just so you have it. And then, uh, and I'll catch it on social media. It was a pleasure, Tina. Yeah. You have a great day. Thanks. See you. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. bye. So that's it for this episode. We're glad you listened and hope you'll come back. Visit www.graceworks.net to listen to past episodes, read our daily devotions or provide feedback. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send us a message through Instagram, Facebook, or our website. And if these episodes have been an encouragement to you in any way, please share them. Have a blessed day.